The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Topo. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and it's been a little while. Well, Look, I've put up some episodes, but it's been a little while since we've done one of these in real time, and it's going to feel a little bit like time travel because the last episode of Fofop, episode one hundred and eighty-six of Fofop, uh, starred Gareth Reynolds. Uh, but we recorded it about two and a half months ago. But I just put it up this week. But now I'm going to put up one that uh, we've recorded today, uh, number one hundred eighty-seven. So please welcome so back to back guest Charlie uh, Gareth Reynolds. Hello. Hello, feel, everyone. Hello, Will. I feel like I have lost the, the ability to start the show. I thought that was pretty good. I did not think so. No, Normally I just jumped into it. I mean, into yeah. It. Well, I was a bit fumbly up the front. Like, well, it's fumble fop. I haven't done this for a while. Uh, you, well, look, you'll get your sea legs back. Yeah, I you'll guess be so. fine. Takes a couple, and the people enjoy the process. Right. I hope. I Behind hope, the curtain, it's part of the story. Exactly. Uh, there's, is, there's, yeah. there's been some people online recently who've uh, who've said, you know, I'm going to start listening to uh, Tofop from, you know, like I'm going to start listening to the podcast. Yeah. Where do I start listening from? Do I listen from the Jeez. start of Fofop? Do I listen from the start of Tofop? Like, ha- you know, how are you meant to listen to it? Do well, from most, the beginning. From the beginning. Right? You see the evolution. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And here's the thing. You don't want to go back to the really, really shitty sound. No. Well, like okay. Sound, so, yeah. Like, so right. Start at the really, really. It's like shitty. when the Beatles like had the other guy in the band when they had uh, Stuart whatever in the band. Right. Yeah. Like you're like this is not. Pete Best. This isn't the band. Stuart Sutcliffe. No, that's not right. Well, I'll take he, it. He I'll was, take it. He, I, I saw that movie Backbeat. That yeah, was, I remember yeah. seeing Backbeat. Yeah, and he he was. Uh, it's he, his story. That's yeah. <laughs> Not as exciting, really. <laughs> so uh, things got pretty shit for me. The Beatles did good. I uh, I started making chairs uh, as a hobby. Wife left me. Obviously, we all remember that. Uh, that My is, wife's gone. That is one of those moments where you do wonder what you're like for the rest of your life. I oh. I, met, I met a guy in uh, San Francisco uh, last year, and I've he, heard this before. He's uh, Nolan Bushnell. Did I tell you? No, this? no, I'm kidding. Oh. So anyway, he um, he started Atari and he gave Steve Jobs his first job, but he also had an opportunity in the first year to own a third of Apple. Oh shit! Like a third uh, of the world. It's a healthy slice company. of a tasty fruit. Now this is a guy who's done very well in his life. Yes, you know, and he would have no no regrets. regrets. He should have no regrets. Right, but he's got to have a but, regret, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. Yes. Like, I, I didn't even ask him about that. He brought, he, <laughs> and he must he love you for it. No, it, but he brought it up still. Uh, he was still like, look. So, um, uh, here's something I'm not bitter about <laughs> and that I'm not hung up on in any way. You know what I don't think about anymore yeah. is when I could have had a third of Apple. Yeah. That doesn't, I don't think about no, that no. ever. Uh, I see the new Apple Watch is coming out. Yeah, but I, I don't give a fuck. fuck. I don't care about the new Apple Watch. I don't look at it and go, I could have had a third of Hey, look, watch. Apple's doing good. Atari's doing good. We're all doing good. Right. We're all killing it. 
Atari's got some nice stuff coming up, man. Exactly. You yeah. got to compare apples with apples. <laughs> yeah. And Atari's with Atari's. Yeah. yeah. That is his bumper sticker. <laughs> right. Anyway, I'm out of here. I, I, I like to think that he lives in a world where he just like won't even like acknowledge Apple anymore. Yeah. He puts Atari in any, like he calls it like, can I have an Atari juice? Yeah. He's like an Atari a day. He keeps the doctor away. <laughs> You're the Atari of my eye. You always have been. He calls Gwyneth Paltrow's kid Atari. <laughs> hey, Atari. How you, how you handling the divorce? How's Atari taking it? Is he okay? How's Atari with the conscious uncoupling? Oh, I'd love some Atari pie. Mm-mm-mm. With a little whipped cream, old-fashioned Atari pie, just like Grandma used to make. You know, you know. Oh, man. Oh, uh, she'll be Atari's, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, his favorite uh, member of the Black Eyed Peas is Atari B. Atari. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Apple uh, B. App or Apple D. App? I don't know. I'm impressed. I'm, sure. I'm impressed. I was trying to pull some other Apple. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, we've had a lot of picking. I mean, it had been. We've a, picked a lot of Ataris. Right. It was in this Atari orchard. In this a, a beautiful orchard of Ataris. <laughs> Hey, boys, how are the Ataris today? The workers are just like, uh, they're, they're good, sir. Oh, I'm shouting you all a dinner at Atarabies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Atarabies. Welcome now, to Applebee's. Excuse me, miss. <laughs> I mean, uh, Atarabies. Sorry, sir. I didn't recognize you. Thank uh, you. Excuse me. Do you have any Snatari to drink? <laughs> I'll have an Atari martini, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A taratini. That's what a taratini, it. please? Yeah, I'm on a diet. <laughs> oh, and they were still picking. <laughs> Somehow. Now, let's go and hike the atarilations. <laughs> oh, we should tell him the deal. Don't try. <laughs> oh, well, good times. Yeah, good times. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah. So you were in Australia in between. Well, we were both in Australia. In yes. Between. That's what's happened. Yes. That's why I haven't been doing the podcast, Gareth, because I've been busy. Yeah. Uh, very busy. I was doing two shows. And, uh, and I, you don't have enough time to podcast, Well, I did some other people's podcasts yeah. when I was in town. I did a live episode of the Little Dum Dum Club. Yeah. I did a live episode of uh, Justin's podcast. Can you take this photo, please? Yeah. And I did uh, an- another live podcast. We did oh, the drunk cast. I did the drunk cast. Yeah, so did which, I. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what you thought about that. Oh, I did lo- the live dollop in Sydney, of yeah, course. Yeah, which was which amazing. Which is available. People should check that out Yeah, as well. yeah. Uh, but yes, I wasn't doing this podcast because I was writing two shows and I was performing every night yeah. and it was crazy and it almost killed me but <laughs> yeah. now that it's done we're back i feel amazing yeah and the podcast is do back. you feel recharged a little like have you it was by far and away here's what i learned about myself in that process like in august don't make decisions about fucking march in august that's right. what i firstly i discovered because august me is so much more optimistic well it's almost like when you go out like how you drunk doesn't think about mourning you. Right. You know? He's like, fuck that guy. He'll That's- do it. He'll do what he has to do to get through his tough day. August May is drunk for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Making decisions that fucking March. <laughs> yeah, May- that morning March would have been like, No. Yeah. August May's like, We're all going to Vegas for New Year's. <laughs> yeah. And then like, oh, I'm getting emails about Vegas. <laughs> I'm like- gonna buy a bunch of pants online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do some online pants shopping. 
<laughs> so that's what I did. These are so many chinos. I decided that I could um, uh, do two two brand new shows, and yeah. uh, which you could just yeah. Barely, just, and it was by far and away. I I always hesitate to call comedy work hard work because even at its hardest, it's still a very enjoyable way to earn your living yeah, and you know, for get sure. through your day. But um, I, it was the hardest I've ever worked, and it nearly broke me. Yeah, and I'm so glad that it kind of ended up going as well as it, it, it did. And yeah. I appreciate everyone who came and saw the show and all those sort of things, or saw both shows, or you know bought the DVD and all those sort of things. So that was very nice of everybody, and I. Felt the support uh, right through it. Um, it uh, now that I've done it, yes, I'm. I'm glad that I did it because when people ask me about the political show, they were like, "Why are you doing it?" Like, you know, it's literally just like not in a mean way, but just yeah. like, "What's the purpose? Are yeah. you working it up for something? Or is there some grant?" No, no. Yeah. I was just doing it because I thought it, it was- might be something interesting or fun to do. Yeah, and I love that I did that. Of I course. love that I made my life harder and I challenged myself and I did all those things. For no other reason than I thought it might be something that would challenge me and you yeah. know provoke me and kind of so I, I now that I've done that yes of course I feel better for that you know do you, uh, are you like <laughs> how tired are you right now <laughs> okay now you know what you're okay weirdly enough like I got sick in Brisbane so that's like three weeks into the tour I, I got a little bit of sick in Brisbane everyone in Brisbane was ill and like you're in a room with like so the know, rumors are true. <laughs> So uh, everyone there was uh, sick and um, basically you're in a room every night with like 700 people like, you know, expelling their germs towards your face. Uh, like that's that's yeah. literally the intention of the show yeah. is if I'm funny enough, they will expel more germs towards me. So you just so got to like, throw a bomb in every now and then when the crowd's sick. <laughs> <laughs> dogs are funny, huh? I've always found dogs pretty humorous. I love dogs, but I think they're funny looking. They're funny to look at. All right, guys, thanks so much. <laughs> Ending on dogs. <laughs> um, I will tell you this I could not get better I was like the entire festival but then I got to last week did the last show of the political show and I still had a week of other shows to go but I started getting more energy and feeling yeah. better because when my body could see like that there was a finishing point a light to at the it, end of the tunnel yeah, yeah then I kind of got some energy back right. which was really great yeah um, no so I feel pretty good now I feel pretty creatively charged for the rest of the year I was telling you that you know I just got booked to do the show in Montreal and um, I'm taking it to London and I'm also going to do it here in LA at Meltdown so um, I got some cool things to look forward to and to kind of work towards yeah. now which is Exactly. The, like to be at this point of the year you're, and go... You're back to normal. Right. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah, is good. Yeah. It just took a really intensive period yeah, yeah. of nearly killing myself and not enjoying myself yeah. in any fucking way. Fucking August you. All my friends would just like message me and I'd be, don't message me. Message August me. Yeah. Tell that guy. Or, oh, yeah, we're buying a timeshare, man. <laughs> That's August you. August me. Ruining fucking March and April me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but how did you enjoy it? How did you enjoy it? It was crazy. It was amazing. It was uh, the greatest. Uh, it was very fun. Uh, I mean, doing the live dollops was great, and meeting the fans was great, and the the country. I mean, where I went was tell me great. the first. We'll go through it all, but tell okay. me this this bit first. Um, what's it like to go to? Because I here's the thing. I, I'm in another country trying to make my living. Yeah, and every time that I go out to a show or whatever, and there's someone there. Like, you know, I was in Cleveland on the weekend and there's like a handful of people there who are there to see me because they love the podcast or yeah. whatever, right? And that's thrilling. But you're going to like an, a brand new country, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. To, for, like, 
that you don't really have any con- it's not i live here you know what i mean yeah. like i'm here earning my living here so i'm like yeah well okay some people might know who i am here yeah but you're not even there you're just gonna fly in <laughs> yeah. and there's some people from this strange fucking country yeah. who, who are like chanting your name when you start shows yeah it's totally crazy that's weird right it's crazy yeah i mean it what i was saying to dave was like it almost it almost just felt like a like aliens picked me up and we're like, we like your YouTube channel. Right. And they like put me on like all these shows. And I was like, great to meet all, you know. And I was like, I fucking love these people. Uh, it, it's, it's super surreal. I mean, but in a great way, like in a way that, you know, definitely makes you want to go back and in a way that is motivating and in a way that just is just a lot of gratitude, honestly. Oh, uh, good. Oh, well, I'm yeah. glad to hear that. So tell me about your adventures. What did you actually do? What did you see in the country when you were there? Uh, well, Sydney, it rained the whole time I was there. Yeah, like it was a once-in-a-lifetime storm. That's what they're saying, but I think you guys might just be having fun with me. Uh, and Sydney's only been nice once. Yeah, we took a right. Fo- we took a photo that day. We put it on every postcard. I knew it. And then every and then we all just agree God, this that is, if people come to town, we say this is very. This is nice to this hear. Is, this is good to hear because I'm thinking I'm crazy. You people are crazy. Uh, but still, Sydney was great. And then, yeah, I mean, being at the festival was just amazing. At, you know, uh, by the seeing way, all these shows can I say, because we did the live dollop, but I also um, unexpectedly did support for Dave yeah. because you guys caught it, got caught in the Sydney storm <laughs> yeah. and like everyone was in for the show and I was there just to watch the show yeah. and the venue kind of said, hey, would it be okay if you like, you know, popped up at the start and just filled in time? They were like, they what, if you weren't there, the next move would have been like the pilot had a heart attack to be like, is anyone here a comedian? Right. <laughs> Does anyone here have any experience doing comedy or know anything about setup and punchlines? <laughs> even even if there's one person who can do setups, Se- puppets, we're willing to take puppets at this point. We need assistance. Dick tricks. Dick anyone tricks. Do anyone dick- do dicks? Anyone do stuff with their dicks? Anyone do anything with their dicks? So. <laughs> I got up on stage and did like a, a little bit at the start of uh, Dave's show. Yeah. But the best thing about that is it's one of those moments where you're like, I'm actually just out to see. And I'd fainted that day. I, I yeah. briefly mentioned that in the last podcast. But yeah. Just that day, I had fainted during the day. And then I'd fallen over. <laughs> I really hurt my hip. Um, I was feeling completely uncomfortable. I could not like get in a comfortable yeah. position because my hip hurt so much. And I am now up on stage doing this thing. But I'm like, you know what? Oh, this is cool. I'm like doing a thing for my friend. And this is like most of the people who listen to this podcast probably like might have got into Dave through this podcast yeah, or through yeah. that association. So it's not like I'm just some stranger there, yeah. you know. And then I walk out on the stage and, you know, most people are excited and happy that, and they think it's a funny thing that I've had to do this. Yeah. And there's this one guy in the front row who just gives me this look like, oh. <laughs> Like his night is ruined. Oh, no like, way. Like, <laughs> oh man. Like I'm like. Did I'm, you talk to him? Oh, I mean a little bit. I acknowledged it, but as long as you acknowledged but it, not a, yeah, not everyone else could see it. Still though, but. it's just good for the bond between you two to oh, to man, get down I, to I brass tacks. Help but acknowledge it. Yeah. It was the first thing I saw and the look on his face was like you've ruined my birthday oh my god (laughs) Uh, there's something so great when there's somebody up front who really isn't into it Uh, the other night when I was in uh, Sunnyvale 
there was this dude in the front row uh, who didn't clap when I came on. Wow. Uh, and then uh, I did the uh, big round of applause for the other acts. Didn't clap. Okay, that. that's good. And that, so if he doesn't clap, that's okay. Then that's my guy. I, yeah. I'm, firstly, I start with that. Yeah. Like, what's with you not clapping? <laughs> yeah, sir. Like, I can under, you know what? I, I, as I said to him, I said, I'm willing to let you off the idea that, like, you didn't clap when I walked up here because I haven't done anything yet to yeah. get applause. But when I said thank those other people, those artists who've given their time that everybody enjoyed and you did not clap, that told me something about you. <laughs> right. So that's where I'm going from in the first <laughs> part. And then I want to talk to him and I want to know what his day job is because I'm basically going to work up to some riff on the idea of that he may not be able to use his hands if right. he's out in public right. his right. job is so important. Right. You know, that's, yeah. sort of, yeah. that's the area I'm hoping this thing will go in. <laughs> but then that becomes the spine of the show. This guy is literally at every time, if other people clap, I'm looking if he's clapping, I, I point it out. At one stage, he then tries to be funny, so he puts his hands in the other way, like the back the backs of his hands uh-huh. each other and claps like that. Uh-huh. And I say, oh, right, so now you're subtracting claps. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? The anti-clap. The anti-clap, right? (laughs) And so this guy then becomes the theme of the show. And by the end, if he applauds, which he did, you know, Uh, you've got a spine to what you're doing. So, yeah, of course. And like arresting that energy or saying, no, no, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. And and by the way, next time he goes to a show, he'll fucking clap. He will clap, yeah. Right. (laughs) Or he won't. And he'll be like, well, this guy really didn't earn it. That other guy really earned it. I had these guys in the front row. Uh, so Silicon Valley, yeah, uh, basically is where the gigs are. And it was a, it was, it was the Friday night, and it was one of those shows where the show just goes out the window uh-huh. because the thing that you have presented in front of you is so yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So I start talking to this. It's a group of men, so already by themselves, but a group of Silicon Valley-looking men. Perfect, right? yeah. So first guy, I think, is a mathematician and the second guy is like an engineer and the third guy tests video games for a blah, blah, blah. And uh-huh. they've all got these like, you know... Jobs. All right. vying for the top dog position at Atari. Right. Yeah. Basically, exactly. Right. And they they definitely, they look like like a, if if someone in like the tech industry was like, we're going to have our own One Direction. Oh, boy. You know okay. I mean? Wow. You know, like All we're right. going like, to make mathematics and engineering and like whatever cool <laughs> yeah. by having our own boy band. Yeah. And they even had like the one who was like the cooler looking one with the stubble and like the... <laughs> Did one of their friends quit earlier in the night? Be like, I want to go see shows alone for a little while. Well, <laughs> the last one who was the cool looking one, he didn't work in any of those industries. He did martial arts. <laughs> Like, this is perfect. No, like, we need a guy with martial arts also to stop the other boy bands beating us up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just always have one martial artist. But I'm talking to this guy down the front and I'm saying, like, why are you here all by yourselves? And he's like, uh, it's um, uh, my bachelor party, you know. Okay. We'd say our bucks night, but his bachelor party. And so I'm like. What do you call it? Box night? Uh, bucks. Like bucks hens night. and bucks. Hens and bucks. B-U-C-K-S. Bucks. All right. Yeah, your bucks Bunch party. of bucks looking to fucks. Yeah. Yeah. You guys say that a lot over there? No. Time to start. Surprise. Spread the hashtag bucks looking to fucks. <laughs> All right, guys. You heard it here first. See you on Twitter, popular hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they were... So, I make a very heteronormative leap in my mind because I start riffing on the idea that um, I start riffing on the idea that 
like he sh- doesn't want to be at a comedy night. Uh-huh. Like they're bad friends. Basically, is is my kind of yeah. know, thing that I'm going with because you literally let's walk through this situation. You have <laughs> taken him out on his like you know last night as last a single night man as a single man to see a comedian. <laughs> Who's just on at the club? Because <laughs> they're not there to see me. They're not no, fans of right, mine. Right. It's not a wonderful coincidence right. that I happen to be in town. <laughs> that, you know, oh no, we we saved this. Night. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I wanted to get married when you were here. My wife, my fiance is pissed, but right. I told her. So I start riffing on that idea, right? You uh-huh. know, kind of having to go at his friends, and and I say this. I say, you know, and and your beautiful fiance. What's her name? And he goes, Philip, because of course. Gay people can get married. Yes. And of course, that I shouldn't assume. It's yeah. very like, it's literally, that's just an example of me, even me, who is, you would profess to be well, a it's champion conv- of people. Of course. Rights. It is just, I mean, but it's also that like, you know, you have to get used to asking that question the uh, the new conventional way. Right. You know, you've. I mean, it's, you just need one time or you need to hear about it once. <laughs> so, Philip, so now... I'm fascinated because I've never like been like involved with and had that opportunity to talk right. to men who are on a bachelor party for for yeah for, like yeah and so then I'm like so is there two bachelor parties yeah that's a great this right? is great yeah, yeah. Oh, so the whole show went out the window this is like literally <laughs> 35 minutes of the show I, I talked to the guys afterwards they said other audience members were coming up to thank them for the show. <laughs> 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 There's definitely someone who thought they were like plants right. too. There always is somebody who would think that. Well, also I was like, and you know what? I have really made this like, you know, your shitty fucking choice as a bachelor party. Yeah, like a fucking story you'll remember forever. <laughs> yeah, totally. Saying, you know. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but they were very. They were. They were loving all this. Like they. they that's how you can do this yeah, thing yeah. for so long. Is you've got to have the table on your side. Yeah. You know? So. Um, so we start talking about it and I start asking about it. So it turns out that at the table, because I was like, I said, oh, so can they go to, like, can you have friends that go to both? Yeah. Right? Because I assume you have mutual friends. Bi-party friends. friends. Right? Yeah. Because you can't do that on like a... No. Men and women's bachelor party. <laughs> I mean, we should try. That could be a reality show. <laughs> party swap. <laughs> you just go out with your wife's best friends and she goes, you just like, fuck, what should we... What the fuck should we do? What do you guys want to do? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. It's your night. Well, yeah, okay. That is actually, <laughs> that's a pretty good reality show. You could sell that, right? I mean, if anyone's the listening, wants has- to get in the business, hashtag bucks who likes the fucks. But that is, I mean, I, I know that we are like flipping, but just think about this for a second. <laughs> it's essentially wife swap, yeah. except it's the bachelor parties where the, the husband-to-be <laughs> has to go out with the... <laughs> The friends of the the bride and vice versa. See, now that I'm hearing it back, you got a winner on your hands, so, Anderson. Yeah, that is actually a show yeah. that some people would watch and buy. <laughs> I would They're probably about watch to get that. Married, but first, they've got to survive a night with their friends on the next party switch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, th- then there's that thing of like the friend who flirts too hard. Yeah. You know, that sort of... Yeah, right. Because you have to drink. You're all going to definitely drink. Drink. That's going to happen. Well, and you're going to do different activities and you're going to have friends that you do or don't get along with. Yeah. You're going to find out embarrassing things about your partner. (laughs) This is a perfect reality (laughs) show. Let's do it. Let's do it. Are we in? All right, let's go. All right. All right. Let's That's right. You just heard magic, everyone. I mean, that... See you at the Emmys. I mean, that is just something we could sell and just live off the problem yeah. for, forever. Yeah, should we show up on set like once a week? We're like, right. ah, it's great. Yeah, they all seem like bitches. No. Okay, uh, cool. 
Well, I'm going to hit it. Ugh, beat that traffic. See you guys later. That is just, <laughs> will they make it to the wedding time? Yeah. Yes. And you know there would be, and then you'd do like the breakdown at the end yeah. where like the girls meet with the girl and the guys meet with the guy and they all sort of talk about what they learned and what they should be concerned about. Right. And also that it could culminate in at the, because everybody, oh, yeah. everybody loves to see a wedding. Culminates at the and it culminates fucking at the wedding. And it culminates at the where they say... Is there anyone who has any objections? <laughs> yeah. Because that's the like the the payoff yeah. is like in what yeah. they've learned about the partner in this time. Yeah, at that time, one of the fr- so you got to get to go. Oh, they didn't get along, and maybe they'll have an objection. And then the guys like, does anyone? And then they just show close-ups of a, like a bridesmaid, and then like a groomsman, and then it's the music swells, and they're like, coming up. Right. Yeah. Oh, just a little bit. And of, then nobody ever really gets no, up. And, yeah. Or like yeah, a flashback to some meaningless thing where <laughs> yeah. somebody's like taking something out of yeah. it. Like it's yeah. like. Uh, and controversy at the bowling alley. And then you just see a hand going into a bag, but just in the episode, you're like, oh, that wasn't really. Wait a second. That was just getting their wallet. <laughs> but then you don't care because you're already watching again. So you're like, oh, fuck it, whatever. My attention span's too short to give a fuck. I'm back in. I get to watch the show again. Right. I don't care that they screwed me. No. But that is one thing that only exists in entertainment is that it's only in movies and TV where someone is like, if anyone knows why these two should not be wed, like, I feel like I was sold that growing up, the idea that that was a possible moment at weddings. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that? Uh, oh, I've never seen anybody No, say, but you, you, you've heard the question. I think they do the question. Mean, I've never heard the question. You know what? I mean, I'm not sure. I don't think you have. It's not a have thing they, they do. Have they taken it out now? I don't. Well, we're was pretend- there too many people just doing jokey ones? <laughs> oh, man, I would be <laughs> fucking. They would be like, Gareth, stop raising your goddamn hand. I actually have a better version. <laughs> Of the joke. <laughs> I'll just hammer that into the ground. They, um, I don't know if you have watched the latest uh, John Oliver I haven't seen program. the latest one. Uh, they do this. There's a very funny uh, Bud, Bud Light sketch in it. And a bunch of funny comics um, uh, who you'd probably recognize. Um, names of who I would have to look up to get right. But... Um, basically they've done this sketch and they're all describing how terrible Bud Light is. So uh-huh. it's like one of those things where they've clearly got them like, you know, just around the thing and let them riff. Like if, if the riff <laughs> yeah, was yeah. how terrible does Bud Light taste? <laughs> they are just like, yeah. you know, and they're just things like, you know, one of the guys saying to the bartender, you know, the broken dreams that your parents feel about the fact that you're wasting your life doing that, but <laughs> like liquid Bud Light or whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it's, so in the sketch, there's a whole bunch of them and they're all really funny but then at the end over the credits they just let it play out when uh, you see them just the like riffs. riffing yeah. and it was just one of those moments where you realize because that show's so smart and so clever and yeah. i love all that stuff they do but also just the fucking silly mo- like it made me i was just sitting here on the couch by myself just happy just happy you know <laughs> like i rewound it and watched it again yeah, some yeah. of them were just and i was like i that's what I wanted to. Like I wanted to be in it. Yeah. Like I was not. I, I was just not. I was like, I want to be in that bar riffing those lines. Uh, it just seems so much fun. Yeah. Um, Silicon Valley as well. While I'm doing reviews of things, obviously it was Sunday night. I watched my HBO shows, but um, uh, the most recent episode of Silicon Valley. If people have not watched Silicon Valley, uh, have you watched it? I, I've seen. I've seen a good amount of the first season. I haven't seen okay. any of this. this season. Well, the second season a- is like up a complete level for a start. Okay. Even though I think the first season finished really, really strong. Yeah. Like the last episode, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, the last episode but was great. This second season, I think, is like a big step up. <laughs> yeah. But this episode, like it from start to finish, 
like just made me laugh in a way that I have not laughed at a half an hour comedy show in a very, very long time. Really? Oh, yeah. just like line after line after line. All right, I and the get amount of it. times that they say "cunty" <laughs> on that show, I, it's got to have been twenty-five times. Like in the show, I'm like, is this happening? Like it was the best. HBO has been really stepping it up. Uh, I mean, they're on fire. I just saw the uh, Kurt Cobain documentary oh, so, montage of heck. So is, is it good? It's fucking great. I mean, I think I, I, I could only watch it as somebody who loved Nirvana. Yeah. So I don't know what it would be like to somebody who liked them, but it's, it's so good. I, it's, I it's one Nirvana. of the best documentaries. It might be the best documentary I've ever seen. How many documentaries have you seen? A shitload. Okay, well, yeah. that's good. Then that, I that's watch a, good a lot of documentaries. Yeah. I, I, I need to know what the second part of that is because if <clears> you're yeah. like, that's the best documentary I've, I've ever seen. I've seen that one and, and uh, Super Size Me. <laughs> this one was pretty good. They're both great for different reasons, but this one might be better. <laughs> Guy who loves documentaries but yeah. only seen two. Yeah, super size. Well, I mean, once you see super size me, do you need to see more? You know, no is the answer. This guy gets fat and it's got food. Um, I was telling you, speaking of super size, I don't really know why this actually occurred to me, but um, I, I watched a movie called Grand Piano. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now, I I highly recommend this movie, but for no good reason. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is essentially it is speed. On a grand piano. Oh, right. I've heard about this. Yeah. it's. What does that mean, though? It, well, basically, you know the plot of speed? Yeah. Which was like... Above 50, it's armed. Right. Under 50, kaboom after it's armed. Right. Yeah. And then you know how every movie after that, it was like, it's like speed on yeah. a it's like, boat. Or yeah. It's like speed <laughs> which was speed, too. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like no, but I hear you. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like camping, but with speed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everything was like, it's like speed, so, but um, with speed. Uh, so what I was going to say about that was that um, it uh, – so it's basically that plot. It's got the Hobbit, um, Elijah, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, okay. And uh, – <laughs> <laughs> It is funny. that I mean, you don't turn down the role, but when someone's stammering for your name, the first thing they're going to say is the Hobbit. <laughs> so – just know that going in, Elijah. Well, certainly Grand Piano isn't going to knock that off. <laughs> you know, the kid who plays the piano. <laughs> who? The Hobbit. Oh, Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah. So um, the Hobbit piano player, Elijah Wood, uh, <laughs> he goes out. He hasn't played this piece because he stuffed it up last time because he gets stage fright. He's the best, one of the best piano players in the entire world, but he okay. got stage fright and he fucked this piece up or whatever. Okay. And then he gets to like these big comeback concert. And instead of the piece that he was going to play, it's this piece that he fucked up. And there's a note on the sheet music that says, you know, you play this perfectly or you die. Jeez. And then there's like a psycho in the room. So basically it's then like speed. Okay. It's like, it, basically you've got to get every bit of this like piano concerto exactly right or like all this shit's going to happen and your family's <laughs> going to die and you're going to die and Jesus. I'm going to kill your girlfriend and all this sort of shit. Good Lord. Yeah. So that's, that's the movie. <laughs> all right. I yeah. like. I, I like. don't know how they pitched it. Uh, he, well, like, I think they said it's speed with the piano. He's just going to play the piano the whole time? Bingo. Oh, there'll be bits where he has to run off, but then has to run back to the piano. Like, literally. <laughs> oh, because Jesus. Because the plot moving, there's got to be action. Yeah. It can't just be a guy on the piano. <laughs> it's 15 minutes long. So, like, there's whole bits where the orchestra takes over, and then he just runs off stage, which no one ever checks. Oh, so Like, he's... not one person ever goes, is it weird that he's running off stage? <laughs> no, of course not. You know, you know how the... You know how that works. They just like, leave him to be. You've heard it a million times. Yeah. Let the piano guy, he, he's on the schedule. If he's hitting his notes and he's on his marks, 
That's fine. Right. He's grabbing a smoke, drink, who knows? Yeah, so he's going <laughs> off to like get in fights and try to track down and... Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's good? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, so Australia, that's what we were talking about, right? Uh, yeah, at some point. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it was... Oh, well, what I also got to do that was fantastic, I mean... You know, I can't say enough how great it was to meet fans. But then when Dave and I went off one day, we were going to go see the mini penguins. and The fairy penguins. The fairy penguins, yep. I don't think you meant to call them Can they marry anymore, in Australia? Have we found out? Uh, the penguins can because you can't tell if they're guys or girls. Okay, good. They're, trans, they're transgender. Uh, we're very cool about that. That's very cool. Yeah, very modern. Very modern, yeah. yeah. I need to watch a yeah. documentary about that. I'd check out. But so we were going to go see the fairy penguins, and we went there at like 2... And we get there, and uh, she's like, well, you know, she's like, what time do you want to come back? She's like, 7, 7.30. And we were like, well, we're looking for like a 2, 2.15. And she's like, oh, they only come back yeah, at night. They're penguins. Well, we listen, and, you know, we're not being told that here. They're, they've withheld that information from us here. We just don't know that penguins just go out come back at night. I mean, I guess I didn't really know until I went to see the penguins, and we went at night. Yeah. I mean, it's not something you instinctively know, I guess. No, I will. No, I don't I, teach you at school. No, really. me, well, and we mentioned it to a few people. You know, we're going to go see the penguins. Nobody was like, oh, what time at night? Or don't go during the day. You know what? I, I, in fact, I think you mentioned it to me and I didn't say that. Yeah, Dave I mean, said I didn't really think about it, but I was like, yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's a good point. We're just going to go see the penguins. Yeah. Check them out during the day, have a little fun. But they were gone. <laughs> uh, they were hunting. And you could so- have gone and uh, the other thing that Phillip Island is famous for is uh, Hemsworths. That's where the Hemsworths are from. Uh, oh. Thor and all the other ones. Well, I heard that they only come back at night too. No, daytime. That's oh, they're the, daytime. That's the day shift. Oh, uh, okay. Like, morning, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> like the fairy penguins come yeah. out at night and the Hemsworths And you're just squatting like next that. to them, like taking pictures. Yeah. They're like, who are you? You're like, Chad, it's great to meet you guys. I'm Darren Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Can I put my arm around you? Yeah. Oh, awesome. It's so great to like frolic with you guys. That's fine. This is Edwin. <laughs> hey, Edwin. You look like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we couldn't go see the mini penguins, the fairy penguins. So we went and uh, when we were driving back, we saw at this place that we could go hang out with a koala bear koala? Named, named Diesel. Not bear. Oh, sorry. Jesus, I'm learning. I, but why? The, it's again. Because they're, they're not bears. But we've been lied to here. They're marsupials. We've been lied to here. That was my that was my talking, doing crowd work with a bachelor party of gay men right there. Now I've learned that's my first time since learning out loud. You will not hear bear again from me, Australia. Right, good. Thank you. Sorry about that. So I was going to hang out with a koala named Diesel. And when we were there, I just saw this woman playing with feeding kangaroos. And I was like, oh, man, it would be so great to have a job like that, like where you just get to you know, be around animals. And then I was like, that woman doesn't work here. And then I realized we could go feed the kangaroos. Right. So then I spent about an hour, me and Dave spent about an hour feeding the kangaroos. And then we met the koala. It was amazing. Uh, did you hold a koala? I didn't hold him, but I was petting him. We, we definitely got busy a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they are very cute. Very cute. I mean, riddled with chlamydia. Who isn't? I mean, you know what I mean? Who isn't? 
Who are you to judge a koala? Yeah. I mean, he, look, he probably had some... Uh, he's cute. Right. He probably had some fun times. And here's the other thing. I don't think that other koalas really care. Yeah, they do. They've they, all got yeah, chlamydia. No, it's like HPV. Yeah, if everybody has it... <laughs> Everyone's got it. it's not even like having it anymore. Yes. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, You're weird to not have it. Right. It's like a circumcision in England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the freak. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real upside down because my family's English. I remember when I went, like, when we, me and a bunch of my, my buddies were all pissing in this bucket. So that's a normal setup. But they were all like, it's all right, mate. We won't make fun of you for having a circumcised cock. And I was like, no, no, gentlemen. I was like, where I'm from, this is normal. Yeah. I mean, where I'm from, it's normal yeah. as well. But they say that you, I mean, because there's a trend now back to not circumcising, apparently. Right. Um, it's like a mullet. It's it's one of those things where uh, yeah that you have a little top knot yeah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get a scrunchie and you, you tie the scrunchie around it yeah wear it to the side a little bit top knot. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well now I get why they're coming back it's an accessory <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, matter of time till there's an infomercial for that. I uh, had had this debate with Amy, uh, w- you know, when we were talking over the years about having kids or not. Yeah. Um, that if we had a boy, would we circumcise him? Because I, I probably would just because I am. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, yeah. It seems to have been well received. Yeah. Well, you don't remember it. I don't remember it. And when I talk to women generally, I think they, t- they tend to think that it's more aesthetically pleasing. But yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's like different strokes for different folks. Yeah. So to Literally, speak. yeah. <laughs> it takes different strokes to rule the world, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really Everybody's is. got a different kind of foreskin. <laughs> it takes different skins. It takes different skins. <laughs> It's like different strokes, but about circumcision. <laughs> Get out of our office. Uh, I have one about bachelor party switching. <laughs> You're a genius. Sit back down, sir. Um, well, that's very funny. Yeah. Uh, but yes, she. But she's an anti-circumcision person. So like, but not like I don't know why. But just because I think she doesn't want to like cut off her. It seems like a bad thing to do to a baby. I mean, when you look at it on paper, sure, it's a little barbaric. You're cutting off a piece of a penis. Right. I mean, when you say I get it, that. When you repeat it out loud. Well, when you, yeah, when you talk about, when you really bottom line it, it sounds a little tough. It feels weird that people uh, rule the line at vaccinations when you've chopped off someone's cock. Or <laughs> yeah. Like. When there's a guy whose job it is specifically <laughs> to come by and cut cocks. Is there a specialist? Well, there's moils. Oh, right. Yeah. In a religious sense. Yeah. But, yeah, but I bet but you, like, tip, you tip the moil part in the pun. <laughs> The tip of the tip. Yeah. And, and uh, sir, Rabbi, you can keep that. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, God, thank you, guys. I'm making a briefcase out of it. It puts it on the wall. Yeah, yeah. This is the wall of... This is the house that Skin built. And his wife's just, like, pouring brandy, like, shaking her head. Oh, he loves it. Come back in the winter. They're smaller. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come in the summer, it looks like I'm an elephant hunter. <laughs> when it gets real humid. Yeah. I'll get an ice cube. We can play a fun game. This, yeah, this is hilarious. Just, this is great. When we have company over, we just get the ice out. More room for chairs. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have some fun. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so you saw the koalas, you saw the kangaroos. I like a kangaroo. Do, uh, were they vicious towards you at all? They came. No, they were competitive to eat food out of my hand, but that's the game I wanted to play. What sort of food were you feeding them? Kangaroo food. That's what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like little oats and things. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not like chocolates. It was something you specifically bought in order to feed kangaroos. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't just find some <laughs> stuff and then write with a marker on a bag, kangaroo food. <laughs> it's like a Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm from America. Here you go, buddy. Oh, he really likes it, huh? He really likes caramel. <laughs> look at him. He does not look healthy right now. What's going on with him? How many Snickers are they allowed a day? <laughs> Did you say zero? <laughs> Miss Zero must mean a different thing in my country, because that means none. <laughs> uh, something we were going to talk about was the drunk cast, which is the yeah. uh, Little Dum Dum Club. Yeah. Uh, so I had actually done their podcast that afternoon with a guy called Hamish Blake, who's like this wonderfully funny Australian guy. Right. And uh, Adam Hills, again, a brilliantly funny, super successful, and sometimes we get confused for each other person in Australia. Uh-huh. And uh, so the three of us have been on that afternoon, and then they have this thing called their drunk cast, which if you buy tickets, I think, to all three of their shows or whatever during the festival. It's this, you know, not recorded, completely blind drunk mess of a, like a live podcast thing. And like so many comedians from the festival and whatever came down to, you know, go up and do a little spot on it, whatever. But then shit started to get crazy. So well, you as a, an outsider, <laughs> I want I, describe to me what you thought was going on. Because well, they... I'm like this a lot. I'm in a foreign country. I'm in new environments. I often go into things and I have one perception of those things. Yeah. I was in uh, Cleveland this weekend doing shows for a radio show that I've done down mm-hmm. there. But they're doing that. It's like the Alan Cox uh, show. And right. they're doing the Alan Cox comedy tour. So yeah. the audience, there's like 700 of them. But yeah. they're from... Like, he hosts it, yeah. and there's another guy from the show who's a comedian who's on it, yeah. and so they all know those guys and, like, whatever, yeah. and then I'm, like, just the headliner who's just a guy <laughs> yeah. who has no context for this at all. No reference but, advantage. But also, I don't know even where these guys fit into the world or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't well, know. Well, okay, so it was like that for me. Right. <laughs> like, because I... When okay, so it was Carl, Tommy, and Dill had sort of told me like I met them the first. I, I literally flew in, and then Dave was doing uh, the Dum Dum, and he was doing the Dum Dum podcast, and so he went. He was just gonna, and then he just at one point brought me up on stage. I'd been there for like an hour. Right. And so I was like, yeah, okay. So I got up on stage and then I just thought they were fucking hilarious. And then they were saying, you know, come and do the drunk cast. And I was like, okay. And I figured, I figured it was just like probably six people, just like, you know, eight people, 10 people, uh, just sitting around getting drunk, just shooting the shit, talking about the festival, which I guess is in a way what it is. Right. But I still had no fucking clue what was going to fucking happen. Like... I, I mean, I was just sitting there on the side because there's well, how many comics are there? There's 40 people who have yeah. all been associated with the festival. Right. Um, 
We're all fucking hilarious. And there's just sort of a rotation where someone will just like, you know, Carl will just call someone up on stage and then you just naturally rotate out eventually. So I'm just standing on the side, not drunk, uh, a little stoned, but not drunk, just sort of like watching and going like, what the fuck is going on? Because it was a lot of references that I was just like, well, I don't understand any of this. And people who are like very you know, big characters who I'm like, I think are funny, but I just don't, you know, the audience has so many connection points with them. And I, (laughs) so then eventually they brought up me and Dave and I just had, I really said like 10 words and like most of them were just being like, stop calling me Gary, you know, like some (laughs) version of like, it's Gareth or whatever, you know? And so... So I was just up there, and I probably you be, said... You've become the I-didn't-do-it kid. <laughs> I you're didn't just, do it, yeah. You're just coming into podcasts and dropping the... Uh, it's Gareth. I'm backstage it's, just, no, like, looking Gareth. in the mirror, like... Oh, really? One more show, bro. One more show. People are, like, bringing you for other podcasts. They're like, <laughs> Doug Benson rings you up. I want you to come and do Doug Loves Movies. Oh, like, great. I'd love to. Show. Now, we just want you to do the catchphrase. Uh, uh, look, Doug, I'm really trying to move away from the whole Gary thing. I've got some new stuff I'm really working on. I'm yeah, going no, to no, no. We're not interested in that. All we want you to... Basically, this is the, the offer. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll okay, be there. Good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Doug. Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> But, but so then me and Dave are up there and I'm really not saying much and I'm trying to drink to just get caught up a little bit. Yep. And, uh, and, and then, you know, I didn't say much and then, (laughs) then things got fucking crazy. Right. So basically, because during the night people had been crowd surfing across the audience. Mm -hmm. That was like a bit of a running thing that had been happening. Yeah. And, uh, I like was watching that with some sort of trepidation going. Well, know, it started with Celia. Yes. She, so that, and that looked very organic and fun. And I, I was even saying to her after, like, oh, that's, you know, she was like, you could do it. I was like, no, but you, the way it happened right. for you was it's so done. terrific. Yeah. yeah. But then, of course. But then everybody decided This to was do a it. night of excess. And then people started taking their clothes off. Yeah. Well, then, so, so then, <laughs> then I just... Again, I don't know anything. So I'm really just kind of marveling at the whole thing in general. But then I hear behind the curtain some sort of whispers and murmurs and really just don't think much of it because, you know, what the fuck do I know? Who knows what's supposed to happen? And then, yeah, and then, and then people came out uh, naked. <laughs> yep, completely naked. Completely naked. Uh, Lawrence Mooney, Nick Cody. This is on the public record, so I'm, we're not giving away any secrets. Right, yet. okay, I wasn't it's sure. It's been spoken about okay, publicly. All right. Okay, good. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Nick Cody has come out uh, naked. Uh, Lawrence Mooney yeah. has come out naked. Yeah. And uh, Anne Edmonds has come out <laughs> half naked. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't really know much of what happened after that because as you and some other people said to me afterwards, what happened to you? Because you were there and then you weren't there. Yeah, you were like clothes. And, yeah, it's amazing <laughs> because my body just has this natural reaction that, that when people started taking their clothes off, I literally, even before I thought about it, found myself at the door. <laughs> Suddenly my I coat was, was like, on. Oh my God, it's so weird, but I've already left. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I'm just instinct. I have an instinct of going, this is this is the point. Well, but then, okay, so then so I'm also up next? there. Well, then I'm like, okay, this is crazy, right. but is this crazy? Are, now, are they naked uh, crowd surfing? Is there any uh, There's an attempt eventually, but really they're just kind of walk, running around the crowd, and I hear people kind of like, sh- you know, just being shocked. 
And so I was like, okay, so maybe this is not, because this feels very, uh, this feels like enormous to me. Right. Is this, is this insane still? And, I and mean, it, it, by the way, it was insane. It was insane in a way that. But the, very. This, <laughs> that people will, this thing, people will beg steal whatever to get to this thing in the future yeah it was honestly dude it was it was the complete antidote to the serious like you know back slapping that's happening down the road that is the way that no one wants to celebrate the end of the festival yeah this was like comedians letting off steam and it being was, so stupid and ridiculous yeah. and like making fun of each other and all those sort of things it, they could play it in a thousand seat room next yeah. year and like but the only problem is yeah. to make it fucking worse than this year. People are going to start fucking about three minutes in. <laughs> I, I'm excited like, to see know. it. Crowd surf fucking. <laughs> crowd fucking. Uh, yeah, but we started it was, a crowd fucking campaign. We yeah. thought we were doing crowdfunding. It was a weird autocorrect, <laughs> but apparently that's what we're doing. But, now. you know, we're here we are. Program. Here we are. We sold a thousand tickets. The head of Atari. <laughs> Sitting pretty. No, it, I, it, it was fucking hilarious i mean it it was just the craziest it that was just so crazy but so fucking hilarious i love that i mean to me because i'm kind of at the big end of the festival now you know like and yeah. that festival itself is they had their biggest year again i think they sold nearly seven hundred thousand tickets wow it's a major major event yeah and at the and it top- takes the city i mean it takes part of the city over right you know and at the end of it it's well. I think it's a it, the most successful arts festival in Australia for yeah. like attendance and for turnover and all those sort of yeah. things. And it brings in so much money to the the state. I'm and, sure. You know, yeah, there's low overheads for them. And yeah, you can build more Seven so, Elevens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Running Not low. enough of them for you. <laughs> no, no. I thought I thought we had a bunch here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. <laughs> so um, they, uh, yeah, it's a big event. Yeah. And, at, sometimes at the big end of it, it feels like just kind of big business. Like a lot of people are coming to your shows and they're paying a lot of money, and it's kind of you have to kind of look at it as a very professional. You know, when you right. go out and you do your show, you want to do the best. You know, this, yeah, yeah. These people are you're there to, to perform, right? Yeah. But though nights like that are, are to at the end of the day are what a festival is all about. Yeah. That's the thing about a festival is that's the show. Well, and people and, who are at that, yeah, for good or for ill, will remember that for the rest. But of But the thing is, days. right, that it's like you know. It, while it was insane, it was also like, I mean, it just, it didn't feel as maybe unnatural as it could sound because the night was crazy and everyone right. was shit. So it like, while it was shocking, it, it still, at the end of the day, it was like part oh. of an amazing, I mean, it and was that's just what, and that's crescendo. What, that's what everyone was there for. Yeah. Like, I mean, it sold as that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were still some people that were like, well, we thought that was this, but yeah. this is even more that than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. And then there was me just like, yeah, what? Whoa! Remember when crowd surfing was nuts? It's fun. Well, that'll be the, you're the uh, Stu Sutcliffe or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no one really wants to hear your story no. from the night. Yeah. Uh, I got stoned and then uh, didn't say anything. Uh, Karen, they wrote uh, Day in the Life. So yeah, the movie's called "It's Gareth." Actually, <laughs> it's called "It's Gareth." Actually, it's it's Gareth, not Gary. Uh, it's 120 minutes about the pain, um, and none of the stuff you want to hear. <laughs> um, I uh, have a little. Here's a little Australia uh, US thing. Um, we call in a hotel like the bar, the the mini bar, mm-hmm. right? Do you call it a mini bar? Mini here? bar, yeah, yeah. Because I've been staying in hotels and they all call it the honor bar. 
The Is honor that anything? Bar. Have you have you heard that before? The honor bar sounds like a protein bar, right? What? No, the honor bar? No, yeah. Is that a c- common? I've thing never heard it? the honor bar. Yeah, maybe I've just had like a few hotels where they've. What, they why? Just, why the honor thing. bar? Well, I am. I see. I thought. Okay, so here's the thing. Because I didn't know. Yeah, you're I just start, like, oh, the honor bar. I start to make up my own right like backstory. So I'm assuming that it's all all Americans call it the honor bar, and it came originally because <laughs> you know the stuff was there and you did, didn't pay for it until later. So it was like the honor system. Yeah. Until you paid for it. No, the, the honor end. bar is where the Supreme Court sits. Right. <laughs> That's what the honor bar is, as far as We're I know. We're taking this all the way to the honor bar. <laughs> we'll take this to the honor bar. But, uh, okay. Yeah, so, well, apparently it's not them. But that was my backstory, was that it would have been from that, and they still call it Are that you talking about ones where they're, where it's like, if you remove something, then you buy it? Are they that sort? Well, th- these ones are, yes. Because that, that might be the evolution, maybe. Because with that, they, right, I mean, with that, it's like, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like once you remove an item, you're charged for it. So unless you've got it's, that bag of sand in your hand, ready to fucking throw funny, the scale. It's funny that you say that thing because I did. So what I have? <laughs> oh man, you tried the impossible. So no, I, I achieved the impossible, but not in a cheaty way. Okay. So I'm going to explain to you what I did. Okay. I had a. I'd bought a can of Red Bull at the airport in LA, uh-huh. and then my bag got packed way too in. Like other people's stuff were in front of it, so I couldn't have it on the flight. Right. So I got off the plane and I wanted to have my Red Bull. But it was like warm because yeah. it had been in my bag. So yeah. I got to the hotel and there was like cold Red Bull in the fridge and uh-huh. it was the exact same can. Okay. And I'm like, can I do this? Can I swap the like the warm can for the cold can? You did? Because they said you got 45 seconds. A 45 seconds? Yeah, oh, I didn't know seconds. about the football. But that is such a dumb thing to have. <laughs> Where, what? Who the fuck signed off on the 45? Like... Uh, you have 40 seconds to look at it closely in the light and decide if you want it. Right. And if not, five seconds to get it back there. Yeah. So 45 seconds. You so know what it is, I no matter what it. it is. You know what a Toblerone looks like. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I agree with all that. <laughs> and I'm not sure that they need to have sensors. Do no. they really? No. I what mean... would, If the swap is made successfully, the swap is made successfully. No. Nobody so... gets hurt. So I yeah so I didn't get charged for it so I I did get away with it. Were you when that was happening? Was there? I mean, there's a little nerves. bit of pressure. Yeah, were there nerves? Walk me walk me through the nerves. Yeah, no, I got to be honest with you. Okay, all right. So <laughs> I open up the fridge and I see I read the thing about the forty five seconds. So it's all of a sudden it's speed with a fridge. Right. <laughs> and I do kneel down. I, I will tell you that. <laughs> I don't risk because of my hips and whatever. Yeah. Like, I just don't have that moment where I overbalance. I sometimes do if I'm trying to lean down too far. Look, you I, have, you're on the clock. Right. You have no and, fucking risk taking. And then suddenly I think, well, if I do that, then it's like 10 bin bowls. Yeah. Like, because they're all there next to the Red Bull. Yeah, if yeah. I overbalance while I'm grabbing the Red Bull. Yes. And I tilt it one way or the other. Ugh. I might not be able to get four, like yeah. some Cokes and whatever back on there in yeah. like 45 <laughs> seconds, right? I think we found a game show right. too. <laughs> We've been fruitful. <laughs> That's actually not a bad game well, show. Welcome to Restock. So basically they have to do the what they have to do is they have to earn bags of like weight, uh-huh. whatever, right? Right. And then there's like prizes on different sort of weight. Right. Things. So you and get that, you but you have to like, All right, time to swap yeah. with the sand. Yeah. yeah. You have to know if you have enough sand to like get it right. So you yeah. know, like do you go under <laughs> to get earlier to the thing? Or do you like, you know, get plenty so uh, that yeah. you know how, how to have enough? I'm because in. <laughs> we've come up with a lot of good we it's, might just have it's to it's been fruitful. We might just have to send this to Hollywood. I think if Hollywood, if you're not listening, we'll be showing up. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll just, we'll just call this episode Dear Hollywood. Dear and Hollywood. we'll just drop it off to people. <laughs> I mean, imagine they'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so are you in or are you out? You oh, guys we're heard, out. We are out. You guys have heard about the Dear Hollywood tapes, right? <laughs> yeah, dear, you and I got to go back to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the Dear Hollywood ploy was one of the most legendary in Hollywood. Uh, they really went for it and bombed. <laughs> I remember uh, my friend Dave Hughes, a brilliant Australian stand-up comedian. Uh, he uh, went and pitched. He used to tell the story about going to pitch a show at a radio station called Triple M with this guy Crazy E. Mm. And Crazy E told them basically that they were just going to do. He's like, "Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to have any advertising. We're not going to play any songs. And we're just going to talk for an entire hour." And the guy just looked at them and went, "That is never going to happen." <laughs> And I, that's like, I feel like our dear Hollywood date would have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not even validating the right. parking. Yeah. It's just a 20-minute stamp. No, we were told to not validate you. Yeah. You didn't need to come here. You <laughs> sent this through on the internet. Yeah, we figured. Why have, you, why have you made it into a tape? All right, we get it. In retrospect, we fucked up, lady. You were a lady? <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so it's, that's a yeah. good game show. We've come up with a lot of good games. Yeah, shows. but I, I, no, I, I know, I think that's what the honor bar must be. I yeah. think it's because of the dumb 45 seconds. Uh, all right, I'll tell you something else uh, that happened to me. I was, I was walking down the street uh, here just where I live. Okay. Um, it was like my second night back. It's about six o'clock in the evening. Okay. And uh, I'm walking down uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, uh-huh. kind of where like uh, like the gay bars are, that sort of district. Yeah. You can meet some colourful characters yes. along that way. Yeah. I met two, that's a fun area. Two on one walk. Yeah. Uh, the first one was like a homeless guy. I assume a homeless guy. He had a trolley. I normally think if you're a, you got a trolley, I think it's safe to say yeah, you know, you're a homeless yeah. guy. Otherwise, right? you get like a backpack. Yeah. Right. Doesn't have like your files in it and like my stapler. No, no, no. Yeah. He had a trolley. Okay. He was a trolley guy. But he actually looked like, you know, reasonably healthy and whatever. Yeah. But certainly had a trolley. Yeah. Um, so I've walked by and I've sneezed and the trolley guy's given me a bless you, like a really lovely bless you. Yeah. And then just followed the bless you up with, uh, bless you, would you like to smoke some weed? Whoa. Yeah. Just... Hello. Guys, all like right. The street, like, all right. Now, I don't know if that's how he answers every sneeze. Uh, yeah, like, that's, that's what his... it is, right? That's his tick. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime he hears a sneeze, he's like, what? We got to smoke weed. It's actually how he lost his job. Yeah. <laughs> it was hay fever yeah. season. Yeah, his boss had a sinus infection. I'll tell you, I'm high as shit. Excuse me? I said, I'm high as shit. You keep sneezing. You know how it works. Pack my desk up. Give me that trolley. Fuck it. Works in a pepper factory. (laughs) (laughs) You're just not cut out for the pepper business. I've told you. (laughs) But my daddy was in pepper. Well, you should not be in pepper, boy. You got the pepper nose. (laughs) Uh, So I didn't smoke weed with the homeless guy in the middle of the street. Sure. But I thought it was a generous offer. You make bad choices from time to time. So um, that's the first half of my walk. But the second half, it came home strong. Okay. So uh, it's the kind of, like I said, the, the sort of the gay area. There's a lot of like uh, what I would call like leather or fetish <clears throat> styles yeah. s- stores. So often you'll have like a, a male sort of mannequin 
but like you know, kind of a naked chested mannequin, yeah, with maybe some sort of like leather, yeah, like assless chaps and, or yeah, something, correct. yeah, yeah. You're exactly. That's exactly what we're talking yeah. about. And so I saw this guy, like who again cl- clearly you know had had some issues, uh-huh. right? But it was it was a beautiful, hilarious moment because he just walked up to that mannequin that was in the shop window, like it was a real person, uh-huh. like I was really angry at the mannequin, like it was like you know. <laughs> Like pissed, like pissed, like pissed, like made a beeline. Yeah. Like in the, when I was walking down, I, like this happened for about, I'm going to say two, two and a half minutes, which if you think about it, <laughs> is a really long time. Like I saw him coming from a fair way away and I'm like, what's he, yeah. Like at the start, I'm like, oh, he's work, walking determinedly towards something. And also you kind of like, maybe I should avoid situations where. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. And then he, I see he's going straight for this mannequin in the shop window, like in these arseless chaps and whatever. And and then he says this, and this was the best, just out loud to this mannequin. He goes, I could have been you. <laughs> what? I could have been you. It takes a lot to be incorrect to a mannequin. I could I, I wanted to stop and go, in, in what regard? Sir, I, I have a question. <laughs> some follow-ups? <laughs> so, okay. I could have been you. Was, the mannequin was in the window? In the window. And he was talking to it through the window? Mm. And he the mannequin just... also didn't have ears or a mouth, so <laughs> I, the window. It's itself easy to lose have... the ears and sew the mouth. Right. Well, he could have been him technically. Right. <laughs> that would be an interesting spin on the mannequin movies, right? <laughs> just the assless chaps one. <laughs> That'd be fun. Still have Hollywood, the best friend. <laughs> I don't actually know if I ever saw the mannequin. Movies. I saw mannequin and mannequin two on the run. That's right. So t- walk me through the brief plot. Give me a. Like so the a plot. plot, the the plot, plot. <laughs> the plot this is why this podcast is the best. <laughs> I'm about to tell you the plot of Mannequin. Right. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, if you have to turn it down for yeah. a second, you're not going to see where this is headed. <laughs> so it's basically this guy who. Uh, fi- there's this mannequin, and I think she comes to life at night. I think is the deal. Uh-huh. So he like works in a department store and like yeah, there's a sexy mannequin. So are they horror movies? No, no, they're <laughs> romantic comedies. He starts fucking the mannequin eventually. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> All right. Genre. I just needed to know the genre. Spoilers within the spoiler. Yeah, okay. So, so it's he, a romantic comedy. It's a romantic comedy about, about a man, man fucking a mannequin. Okay. All right. So any questions? So I could have been I, I could have been you. And so basically he who plays the love interest? Uh, sh- uh, you know? Kim Cattrall is the mannequin. Oh, okay. The guy... Uh, fuck, I don't remember the guy. Okay, all right. Yeah. But then there's also like a gay, like a flame, like a, a, a hilarious 80s gay. Like when they were like, gay oh. is huge character-wise. Uh, Name- there's, there's one in every Lethal Weapon yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's always. You're like, good oh. Lord. But so there's this friend called Hollywood, and basically... They have, like, I think the mannequin, Kim Cattrall, the mannequin is worth a lot of money. And because she comes to life, see, I'm going to start falling apart. Right, but they, but it's a lot, it's a, they, they fall in love. The mannequin and her fall in love. Or the mannequin and him fall in love. Uh, let's, let's find out. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel like this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> mannequin is a 1987 romantic comedy fantasy film. That's what it is. Romantic comedy fantasy. Yeah. Uh, film starring Andrew McCarthy. Oh, that's it. 
Andrew McCarthy. Oh, That's it. I know. I'm, I'm who, ashamed. Who would have thought there'd be a time where people couldn't remember? I mean, uh, well, time, I'm, yeah. but at the time when Andrew McCarthy was like Andrew McCarthy, yeah. you would never imagine there would have been a time I know. where people wouldn't remember who Andrew yeah. McCarthy was. You'd be like, that James Spader, I can see him falling. Yeah. No, Andrew McCarthy's not getting calls for Ultron. No, yeah, no, no. Uh, and Andrew McCarthy as the voice of Ultron. <laughs> uh, okay, um, so we got Andrew McCarthy and Kim Cattrall. Uh, and the, oh, James Spader is in this movie, though. Oh, wow. Fuck. So there you go, out of the mannequin. Yeah, he's... he's Spader's kicked off. Total on. second he's billing. He's got the blacklist. Yeah, he's got, yeah. And then, so on the set there, that's McCarthy's movie. Yeah. Spader's looking at like McCarthy's trailer like, geez, they really made, gave him the big one, huh? Right. Yeah. And now fucking look at that. Yeah. Spader. Now McCarthy couldn't get the Spader's trailer. Right. On Spader's set. Yeah. Spader's not even throwing McCarthy a bone. I haven't seen him in an episode of The Blacklist. I mean, they've made you a lot get, of them. They've made a lot of episodes. You could, And they've always got those old sort of like, that would be a great episode. Yeah. Throw McCarthy a bone, Spader. Yeah. yeah. Spader, are you listening? Dear Hollywood? By the way, I did not love... Have you seen the new Avengers? We won't talk about it too much because... I spoilers haven't seen are, it. But I did not think that he was amazing as the voice of Ultron. I, I, you know what? It's fine. It's a fine movie. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I rewatched the first one, which I've had mixed feelings about, but I yeah. rewatched it last night after I yeah watched the other one. And uh, there's a lot of good bits in that first one. Yeah. Like the Hulk is great. And the Hulk in the second one is also great. Yeah. I just wouldn't want... I want more of the Hulk. I haven't seen the first one. Anyway. Oh, okay. Well, there you Sorry. Go. No, well, that was, it doesn't matter. That, that, that would have been a terrible conversation to get into anyway, because uh, eventually, everybody yeah. would have been like, oh, come on, just talk about Mannequin. <laughs> We're not going to see that, but we are going to see Avengers. Don't spoil it. You know? um, all right. Uh, directed and written. Oh, okay. So it's like a it's passion got the combo. Project, yeah. This you know? guy, this guy saw it and then wanted to show others. Uh, Michael Gottlieb. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's find out what else. He, he, I want to know what else. He Michael remains relevant, I believe. Uh, let's find out. An American film director, screenwriter, and video game producer. Atari. Uh, once, yeah, once offered a third of our. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was a They offered one. it to every everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, there's like a hundred guys. Yeah, there. yeah. Because well, I was trying to get rid of that third. Yeah, I was investing in Walkmans. <laughs> Walkmen. Walkmen. <laughs> the Walkmen. Uh, all right. Uh, his brother was... Okay, no, I don't need to know what his, who his brother was. Oh, here we go. On May 23, 2014, Gottlieb was killed in a motorcycle accident. Jeez. On the uh, An- Angeles Crest Highway in uh, California. Wow. Uh, he was 69 years old. Uh, his filmography... Oh, here we go. Uh, Mannequin. Mannequin 2 on the move. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Nanny. Oh, that's with Hulk Hogan. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> a kid in King Arthur's court. Oh, I think I know what that is too. Um, and a movie called The Shrimp on the Barbie. Whoa. <laughs> What's so, that one about? You must know that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the Shrimp on the Barbie is a 1990 comedy film directed uh, by Michael Gottlieb. We have to see this. Under the pseudonym Alan Smithy. Whoa. So that's the one they use <laughs> when it's so fucking bad. Ah. <laughs> And this is a guy who's put his name to Mannequin and Mannequin 2. Gladly. 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 But he's... But you know what? Shrimp on the Barbie shrimp on the is Barbie so bad. ruined my Mannequin reputation. The man who conceived and created the Mannequin movies wouldn't want his name on the movie Shrimp on the Barbie. And the guy who's responsible for Hulk, Hulk Hogan's Mr. Nanny. <laughs> Mr. Nanny. <laughs> so let's find out what even he thought was The so guy bad. who one night shouted, We got Hulk Hogan! <laughs> uh, here we go. 
uh, starring Cheech Marin. Oh, wow. In Australia, the film was released as The Boyfriend from Hell because we would have found that confusing and offensive. Yeah. Uh, the title is derived from the line in the 1980s series of popular ads starring Paul Hogan. Oh, okay. So, All right. Okay. Uh, promoting tourism in Australia. I'll slip an extra shrimp on the bar before you. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. So, let's find out. Uh, the, uh, well, I, I never know. knew that that was what that came from. Yep. Uh, an Australian heiress, Alexand- Alexandra Hobart. See, she's from Australia and her name is actually one of the places in Australia. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hires a down on his luck waiter in a Mexican restaurant in Australia named Carlos. Hmm. And that's Cheech. That's creative. To masquerade as her new boyfriend after her father vetoes her burly life of the party fiance, Bruce. <laughs> wow. Again, this is, this really. is good. This is some good shit. What, 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 should, we, what, what should we call the, Austra- the burly Australian? Bruce? <laughs> Bruce, right? Isn't everyone there Bruce? called Bruce? And uh, her name's Hobart. Yeah, because that's the city I went yeah. to. All right. Her sister's Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Now, have we heard back from the Hogan camp? Right. <laughs> uh, Carlos is a waiter working in a Mexican restaurant located in Sydney, Australia. Okay. After meeting Carlos after a disastrous birthday party for her father, Alex enters into a challenge with her father, Terence Cooper. Uh, this is not very well written. <laughs> the <laughs> Much film? like the film. I <laughs> He has disproved of every boyfriend she has brought home to meet him and wanting to marry Bruce. Alex decides to challenge him with the worst boyfriend she can find oh my to God. dissuade her father. Uh, uh, to, yeah, to, uh, to make it, Bruce look good. That should say to persuade her father and it says to dissuade her father. <laughs> I can't believe this, but I feel like after this podcast, I'm going to spend time for the first time editing Wikipedia and it's going to be for the movie... Uh, shrimp the on, shrimp the bar, on the barbie <laughs> <laughs> I have this to see that This is terrible So she hires Cheech okay. Marin she hires Cheech To be Marin. shittier than Bruce Yeah that's her So plot. that her dad will be like Oh you're right This waiter isn't as good Right that's basically it I got a feeling things are about to twist Needing the money to save the failing restaurant Carlos is hired by Alex to pose as the, w- the most worst boyfriend in the world <laughs> Most worst boyfriend I hope the person who wrote the script also wrote this Wikipedia uh. entry <laughs> Acting loud belligerent belligerent uh, belligerent we got yes. you <laughs> Acting I like where we're at already Acting loud belligerent and obnoxious he shocks everyone in the Hobart household and their high society friends at a party with his crude behavior <laughs> I got to see this movie warranting unwanted attention from Alex's eccentric cousin Maggie Maggie in the process Alex's father however doesn't buy the act and hires a detective to photograph <laughs> Bruce. Well, this is not good. <laughs> in a very public display of attraction with Alex's best friend, Dominique. Carlos gets wind of the infidelity as well and is beaten up by Bruce as a result to silence him. Okay, so the one she wanted to get married to, Bruce, yeah. turns out he's dick and her best uh, friend. Oh, okay, right. right. Okay. So that's where the see, you know, because that's where she finds out that he's the yeah, bad guy. Yeah, right. So now he's, yeah. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> with the, I bet she's going to end up with Cheech. But then uh, Carlos finds out and he's beaten up by Bruce. Well, <laughs> Bruce, he, he's just going to kick the shit out of this waiter. By now, unfortunately, Carlos wants out, dissolving their deal, and Alex becomes aware of Bruce being unfaithful, outing both him and Dominique at a party. Oh, Repentant awkward. Alex, Alex races to the airport to mend fences with Carlos, whose plane is called back to the airport by her father. 
That's easy to do. That's easy to do. That can't happen. You've heard it a million times. You're not allowed to do that. You've heard it that a million times. That is actually now this movie's impossible. Come on, they're always they're all, <laughs> people are always calling the cockpit, Up telling them to now, stop. Yeah, I had it. Yeah. Oh, it's another romantic thing. Oh no, that's fine. We'll bring it back. <laughs> if anyone I, here knows why this plane should not leave, speak now. Uh, realizing how far noble Carlos is. <laughs> Yoda wrote this. This is what Yoda's been doing on this planet, <laughs> updating Wikipedia. You mean Bediawick? Uh, realizing how far noble Carlos is over Bruce, Alex's father decides to invest in the restaurant and save it. Wow. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, the shrimp Boy. on the Barbie. Uh, okay, let's let's go back. So let, I can I can kind of understand now why he didn't put his name to that one. Yeah, it um, sounds really good. Uh, okay, so let's uh, go back to Mannequin and find out exactly what was going on in Mannequin. Uh, Mannequin uh, received a nomination for an Academy Award. Whoa! For best original song for its main title tune, "That Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now" by Starship. Oh yeah, that's right. That's a great song. Uh, the song reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. There you go. Uh, all right. That's the best part, I guess. Here's the plot. In ancient Egypt. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm glad that we I'm glad we got to this. <laughs> this is helpful. This yeah, is yeah. helpful. In ancient Egypt. It's <laughs> a great start. <laughs> Emma, Emmy Heshire, Kim Cattrall, hides in a pyramid from her mother who wants her daughter to marry against Emmy's will. Emmy prays for the gods to get her out of the mess and find her true love. The gods answer her prayer by making her disappear. <laughs> Philadelphia, 1987. Wow, that's an easy shift. <laughs> that's easy. To, that's easy. <laughs> Fine, you know what I mean? I love the idea of the gods sitting around yeah. going, all right, well, we've decided to do this. All right. Uh, who's got the calendar? Uh, right here. And the atlas? I think, uh, I, well, first of all, I'm thinking Philadelphia. <laughs> Where? It won't, you know the place that will be there soon. <laughs> Philadelphia, they'll call it. And the 80s. I think the 80s seem like a good time. On favor? Uh, Philadelphia 1987. Young would-be artist Jonathan Switcher, Andrew McCarthy, takes a number of odd jobs. The first job where he assembles a beautiful, perf- perfect mannequin. Oh, he makes the mannequin. Oh, okay. Uh, portends the rest of the movie and is representative of his efforts. Oh, okay. In each of these jobs, Jonathan painstakingly expresses his artistic self, but each of these early employers dismisses him for taking too much time or deviated from a set pattern. One of those bosses at some point definitely was like, I mean, I swear to God, I think he fucks these mannequins. Yeah, he's got to, he's yeah. got to fuck the he's mannequins. He's definitely right? fucking them, right? We all feel like he's fucking them. He's going to be... <laughs> That's what I think if you worked at like those wax. There's got to be at least one guy yeah. who's once worked at like a Madame Tussauds or whatever. Ugh. And they've they've hushed it up or whatever. Yeah. But who has like fucked the celebrity yeah. mannequins. Yeah. Some of the janitors. Yeah. The janitors like, what is all me? over Bruce Willis's face? Like the, essentially what they've made at Madame Tussauds yeah. is the most impressive fleshlights of all time. <laughs> They're celebrity fleshlights. Is it just me or a lot of the, uh, a lot of the wax statues <laughs> getting anuses? Am I crazy? Marilyn Monroe? I mean, this is nuts. I mean, if they're ever going out of business. Bob Hope? If they're ever going out of business, that should be. They're like, well, let's try to save the business this way. All right, guys. You ready for the Hail Mary? (laughs) Madame Tussauds Fuck Museum. (laughs) 
I mean, because you never no kids. You're never gonna necessarily get to fuck like you know, listen, your favorite celebrity. Yeah, no. but for one night only. Yeah, you and Pam Anderson are experiencing each other. Right, yeah. and the thing is that like it price the tickets like the higher up the line you are, sort of thing. Yeah, like I mean. Like there's a t- there's like a golden ticket, like you get to be the first person to have the choice, and then they're like priced disproportionately down the line. Uh, you can get the Andy Griffith package, right. uh, or you can. There's the Goldie Hawn, or for the big spenders, the Schwarzeneggers. What about Hitler? Would you be able to? Like, Hitler's, how would people Hitler's, feel about Hitler? Hitler's almost like when, like... Would people want to hate fuck Hitler, do you well, think? Well, I think what you could do with Hitler, because, right, if you're trying to save the business, that's right. just like, you're like, oh, we have the $5 package where you can, uh, the Hitler will jerk you off. <laughs> you know? With that arm. With that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They just have him, like, lowered a little bit, and, oh, like, is... Oh, yeah. that's the really exclusive one that you can't really ask for, but if you know what to say... <laughs> yeah, it's the secret menu it's at like, In-N-Out. Hey, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd just like to use the restroom. <laughs> That'll be $185, sir. Thank you. <laughs> right back here <laughs> in the Adolf suite. All right. Uh, so, and he's also deviating from, like, the, people are just, you know what? People don't want a creative artist when they're getting a mannequin. Yeah. They just want, it, they just want their mannequin made. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a numbers game. Right. The more mannequins, the better. He's painstakingly painting each one. One night, Jonathan is driving in the rain when he passes Prince and Company department store and recognizes his perfect mannequin in a display window. He declares that she is the first work he's ever done that made him feel like an artist. The next morning, he manages to save the owner, Claire Timken, from being hit by a falling sign. The grateful Claire hires Jonathan, much to the chagrin of Vice President Richards, James Spader. Ah, there we go. uh, Who assigns Jonathan to uh, be... A stock boy. Oh. Well, that's not what he's suited for. No, he's an artist. Yeah. In his spare time, Jonathan hits it off with a flamboyant window dresser, Hollywood Montrose. There we go. That's you. That's that's the best. (laughs) The flamboyant window dresser. Yeah. (laughs) Bingo. You know what they'll do in the 80s. (laughs) Gay people make nice window areas. We can't say that. Uh, Do we have a flamboyant window dresser? Uh, Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Flamboyant window dresser. That night, Hollywood and Jonathan uh, construct a window display starring Jonathan's mannequin. This is the plot of a movie. It's a long, weird plot. They have a run-in with the store's night security chief, Captain Felix Maxwell, <laughs> uh, G.W. Bailey. When Jonathan is alone, the mannequin he's obsessed with comes to life as Emmy. To the surprise of his detractors, Jonathan's window dressing for Prince and Company attracts large audiences. This is literally <laughs> the plot the of best. the movie. It's so eight it's window like, dressing. It's like speed, but in a shop window. <laughs> Once you've dressed that window, the bomb is armed. It's like eight mile, but like in a shop window. <laughs> if you have one window, one set of curtains. I love it. It's very old-fashioned idea, the yeah. shop window. Type. It's amazing. Because yeah. this, this was the time when people would walk by a window and be like, ooh, wow. Yeah, by the way, that's yeah, that's... If anyone complains about modern day society and things were better in the olden days, yeah. just remember yeah. that people would gather around windows. Oh, look at this window. <laughs> oh, look at the clothes in the window. <laughs> Pathetic. Uh, okay, here we go. So the, the window attracts large audiences. Jonathan's arrogant ex-girlfriend, Roxy. There's a lot of characters in this movie. Yeah. Carol Davis and uh, President B.J. Wirt. 
you know he's no good. Steve Vinovic. Uh, Both of the rival department store Illustra. Ooh, I hate them. <laughs> but like we needed a rival department store. Right. We had so much going on already. Uh, Illustra. Uh, and I imagine that's probably a reference to the Illuminati. We all know what he's saying. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Their windows are just cloaks. Uh, learn about it as well. It is revealed that Richards is a corporate spy for Wirt. I've even lost the plot, but one of them. <laughs> oh, the vice president, James Spader. Oh, James okay. Spader's a spy for, for the, the other Illuminati. Com- for oh, the my other God. Guy, this for the rival. I do not remember parts of this. I know. <laughs> uh, okay, so at their board meeting, Richards wants to fire Jonathan, who is ostensibly showing off with the window displays. Uh, yeah, a little too flashy, yeah. sir. In contrast, the board members promote Jonathan to visual merchandising. This Jesus. is a plot point. He visual gets a merchandising. But this is like a showdown moment yeah. where the guy is like, I want to sack you. And they're like, no, you get a promotion to visual merchandising. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I've dreamed of this day. Emmy and Jonathan's relationship snowballs over the following week. Every night she helps him create window displays which dazzle everyone at Prince and Company. Oh every my night. god. You know, every night when you dazzle yeah coming up with a new window display. Yeah, you know how it is. Waiting for the big morning reveal. <laughs> hey everyone, now check out the window. Oh my god. Look at what's in the window. Uh as the window designs are bringing a tremendous amount of customers and profit. <laughs> a tremendous <laughs> amount of customers. Well, we saw the window and we want the window to be our life. Uh, people from Illustra plan to steal Emmy, not knowing she is alive. Yeah, so what of course. the fuck? So they're just trying to steal a mannequin? Yeah, because they believe that that's what, you know. It's not his is. skill. And put her on display at Illustra. The next day, Roxy offers Jonathan work at Illustra, but is refused as he and Emmy are in love. Maxwell and Richards. What? Yeah, I know. Maxwell and Richards break into Prince and Company and search for Emmy. The next morning, Hollywood and Jonathan discover Emmy and other mannequins missing. Jonathan suspects a lustra and dashes there. <laughs> Why would he suspect them? Where he confronts <laughs> Wirt, who is dismissive regarding the stolen property. Oh, we didn't take the mannequins. Ron at Roxy storms out of the office, swearing that Jonathan will never see Emmy ever again. What? <laughs> Jonathan well, that's a chase- tell. Yeah, I know, right? Jonathan Chase. We don't know where it is, but you'll never see her again. Let me tell you one thing. You'll never see her again. I know that for sure. No, shut up. Don't help us right now. We've, no, we've got our... Get, shut that fucking door. <laughs> Jonathan chases Roxy while being pursued by a dozen security guards. Hollywood bombards <laughs> the guards with water. <laughs> Hollywood bombards the guards. That's a great name. With water from a fire hose as Roxy loads Emmy along with the other mannequins into a trash compactor. Oh my oh, God. Jesus, that's dark. Yeah. But also this is a time when 12 security guards could be taken down by one fire hose and nobody was like, um, excuse me. Right. And also, by the way, uh, and it's, it's hard for me to fucking read this and realize that, yeah. you know, the greatest, one of the greatest movie endings of all times has been plagiarized, but <laughs> that is also the ending yeah. to Toy Story 3. Oh, shit. So, literally. This is tough for you. That is a beautiful moment in Toy Story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not believe it had been ripped off. <laughs> it's Mannequin, mate. Mannequin. Look, what didn't Mannequin do first, though? You know what I mean? I guess they were so. the first one that were getting into, you know, Mannequin fucking. So, uh, Jonathan charges up the trash compactors to convey a belt to rescue Emmy. She comes to life in his hands. Wow. I bet he comes to life in her hands. At <laughs> the same time. Right. Because this is where this is going, right? Oh, yeah. No, uh, Maxwell uh-huh. and his fellow guards rush in, followed by Wirt. 
By the way, this whole thing feels it's very like <laughs> it feels like this director was caught fucking a mannequin and had to say he was researching a film. Like that, this film all seems it's to like be made Pete. as an excuse. It's an elaborate excuse that he once got caught fucking a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, what is it Roger Daltrey yeah yeah it's like his book uh, then Claire walks in and accuses Richards and Maxwell of breaking and entering conspiracy kidnapping Emmy and grand theft and being part of the Illuminati Wirt Richards and Felix are arrested and hauled away uh, <laughs> Wirt fires Ruxy as he's being dragged out Emmy and Jonathan are married in the shop window Oh my God! Of Prince and Company. <laughs> oh my God! With Claire as a bridesmaid and with Hollywood as best man. If any mannequin here doesn't think this man and this mannequin should wed, speak now or forever hold your peace. So, okay. Now that by itself is pretty fucking crazy. Crazy. Oh. Oh no. Sorry. Oh no. I've just read down. Development. In a press release, Michael Gottlieb, <laughs> the film's director, got the idea for the feature. When he was walking down Fifth Avenue and thought he saw a mannequin move in the window. <laughs> oh my God. Most people would be like, nope. He was like, hold on. My calling. I'm going to stop working on Mr. Nanny for a minute and just focus on this. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, uh, but here's the thing that I want to know the most is, okay, that's a movie. I get it. Sure. But what fucking happens in Mannequin 2? I think it was this. I think it was at a time when you literally could just basically make almost the same movie. Oh, so it was. You're absolutely right. It's not the original cast. It's a 1991 romantic comedy and film, a sequel. Uh, stars Christy Swanson as a mannequin. That's right. Yeah. Who was frozen a thousand years ago by an evil sorcerer using yeah. a magic necklace? Yeah. So it's even a completely different backstory. Well, that's right. It's a yeah, reimagining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like them making a new Spider-Man you or fucking whatever. Imagine you go like back and you just kind of muck around with the canon a little. Helping write Mannequin too, like being in the room and like just the out of context shit you'd be hearing. Uh, the original film's theme song "Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now" by Starship was featured in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get the nomination that year though. Oh, so the plot of this one is she remains frozen until the necklace is removed and can stay permanently unfrozen if she receives a kiss from her true love. Oh, wow. Oh, Jesus. So even... even he's, he's tried even less. Yeah, it's hard to and look... And it's written by the same guy. Yeah. That's the best thing. Oh, he must have just been... Like, I can only imagine. Like, at a table read of that movie, people being like, yeah, it's crazy as fuck. And not... It's good. It's good, Michael. Uh, all right. Uh, here's uh, what we should do. We should stop talking. Okay. Um, plugs? I'll be, uh, I'll be doing set list on the 26th. I will be... Uh, where at? I don't know. I'll be... I will be doing set list on the 15th at uh, the Improv um, on Melrose. Yeah. Uh, and it is an amazing lineup. TJ Miller from Silicon Valley is on. Uh, Emo Phillips wow. is on uh, Eliza Skinner who is a brilliant brilliant improviser yeah. and comic is on that show she's one of the best people who does set list she does like musical stuff and oh, rap, really? rapping and all oh, sort wow. of stuff as oh, well shit. it's fucking crazy she's amazing <laughs> Yeah, she's a, I, I want to get her on this podcast actually she's really fucking funny so go on uh, yeah so I'll be doing that and then I yeah I have I don't really know okay, cool. I keep a calendar on my wall All it's right, pretty smart 
Uh, I'm going to plug a couple of things uh, quickly if I could. Um, so set list on the 15th. Uh, that would be cool if people came to that. Uh, I am doing uh, Free Will, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I'm doing it in London the first two weeks of June. I'm doing Free Will in London at the Soho Theatre. Uh, tickets are selling well for that. So please, if you want to come along, buy a ticket. Uh, that would be fantastic. And I am doing the first ever live faux fop in the United Kingdom. Oh, wow. On Saturday, June the 6th, I believe it is. It'll be, so my show's at 7.30 and then in the same room, I believe, at 11 o'clock that wow. night, oh, I will be great. doing the first live faux fop in the UK. So, uh, faux fuck, as we're calling it. Faux fuck. Uh, well, UK, you know. Yeah, like. yeah. And uh, so, uh, that, so, come to that. So, if you're a fan of the podcast or whatever and you're in the UK, maybe come to the show on the Saturday night and then come and, you know, go out and have some dinner or whatever and then come back to the the podcast that'd be really cool and I'll find some you know fun people over there to be part of that uh, so that's exciting uh, I also will be doing free will in uh, LA on July the 11th at Meltdown so uh, on July it's a Saturday July the 11th and I will do, be doing my whole free will show and it is free it is the only place that it is free but it's free there it's just <laughs> yeah. it's easier to do it that way so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like we did with the podcast basically uh, if you want to come book we'll have a link and all that sort of stuff and you'll have to book so that you can be guaranteed a, a seat on the night um, but uh, but it is free and I'll, then you, know, you can there. rock up on the night uh, well I'll bring my mother uh, you know what like uh, are you in town on July the 11th yeah do you know yeah do you want to come and could you want to come and do support for me yeah we should have talked about this off air but no like, yeah that'd be great yeah do you want to yeah for sure yeah I've got yeah. a little bit of time at the start not right. much but that, yeah I'll bring my cool. mother she'll fucking love it yeah alright yeah oh well let's do that okay. alright alright and then we've also got the Hollywood stuff we're working on too so. oh well obviously we'll be touching base on yeah. all that stuff yeah. following so, up yeah. on emails and stuff <laughs> uh, so um, uh, sorry, I've got a bunch of these and I'm going to run through Keep them really going. quickly. Uh, so I've got that one. Uh, I will be doing the show in Montreal um, uh, as part of the Just for Laughs in Montreal. I will be doing the show there as well. So I'll give you more details about that when I know them. I'm doing it in Sydney. I'm going to do the Enmore. I think it's uh, on the weekend of August 8th or something like that. Uh, I will be back at the LA Podcast Festival. Charlie and I are doing TOEFOP live at the LA Podcast Festival, which is like September 18th, 17th, 18th, something like that. And I will be in Perth. Um, October 10 or something like that I'll post all these dates and links and that sort of stuff but that's the vague areas of when I'm coming to those places uh, so I will you know give more details later but yeah in the meantime uh, that uh, set list on the 15th and uh, the live faux fop I'll put up a link for that really soon as well alright lovely uh, thank you mate thank you that was fun yeah always a pleasure